So let's get into this tonight, right? And first I want to start this out and pose this by saying, Tonight's message is brought to you by the Word of God, Amen. Right, the source. We're talking. We're having a, uh, talking about the source this week, right? Our series. That's what we're covering. The source, the unlimited source, because we know God is the life source of everything. Hey, Mama Moses, I saw you roll in there, right? So our topic tonight: the source. A message to a fool. Wake up now. Let me preface this and say, now I didn't have enough room to put the disclaimer in there. If your skin is thin, you might not want to come in because we come from the word, the, the the real authentic word. We don't alter it. We don't add to it. We, we don't take from it. We just bring straight from the word. That's how we operate around here. Amen. Right. So, hey, I see my sister-in-law coming in. So um, just the same way if you're sitting there minding your business and you get that knock on the door and um you open the door and they say um miss walters and you say yes and uh the person hands you the papers and walks off now you get upset with that person that handed you the papers right that person is just doing their job right it is not their fault they're just doing their job serving you with the papers. so i'm just doing my job um as a woman of god right amen and serving you the word that's all i'm doing i'm just the messenger and remember the message is to the messenger as a reminder first right amen hey welcome beloved glad to see you so now that we got that little disclaimer and that's a little footnote out the way let's get on off into this thing right because you guys know i like to frame everything put my tornado spin and perspective on it you know because everybody learns a little bit differently i learned different from mayo when i watch her i learn different things and i watch karen and i learn it from another perspective so i always give you my tornado perspective and spin on this thing right so let's look at it so our scripture i'm going to be kind of all over the place tonight um but for those that got your uh swords with you your bibles beside you we're gonna start in luke we're gonna start with luke 12 and we're gonna look at 13 through 21 amen that's how we're gonna do it tonight so that's our message that's the basis of the message foundation tonight our source a message to a fool to help remind us that god is the source the unlimited source amen so let's look at this right luke 12 let's start it out then one from the crowd said to him i'm starting at 13 luke 12 13 then one from the crowd said to him teacher tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me but he said to him man who made me a judge or an arbitrator now the first thing that i want to put in there did anybody notice that you know is um jesus is there speaking this man decides to interrupt Hey, excuse me. Do you think you could take care of this problem for me? I know you up here talking and you teaching right now, but look, I need you to tell my brother to uh, give me part of the money. I need my half, right? In that part, I'm just kind of like, wow, the audacity of some people. Some people will even interrupt Jesus. You know, just, 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 it just ain't right. You know, so I kind of chuckled at that part and said, wow, he was real brazen. You know, just to say, hey, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But, you know, Jesus tells them who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you he then said to them take heed and beware of covetous covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses 
One's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. I've known people that had only had a small box of things. I know people out on these streets of Houston that all they have is what fits in their backpack. And if you ask them how you doing, they say, I am wealthy and I am blessed. That's all. They have all that they need because they know God is with them. You may look at them and say, oh, they homeless. They don't have everything. They ain't got nothing. You know, we looking over our glasses. We looking down at them right but those are some of the most blessed people out there and they feel wealthy wealth isn't always about money we have to remember that and as the scripture saying uh, uh life does not consist hey joan in the abundance of things that we possess right let's move on then he spoke a parable to them saying the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all of my crops and goods. And I will say to my soul, So you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this is the night your soul will be required of you. Now, remember, stick a pen in that part. We're going to come back and we're really going to rotate on that part tonight. But God said to him, fool, this night is your soul. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God, right? You know how you see a lot of people that fool your soul will be required of you tonight. Amen. And you need to tell them, I love that part. Fool. <laughs> this night your soul will be required of you. That's a deep passage of scripture right there, right? And, and saying, so is he who lays up treasure for himself. Have you ever known anybody, they just work and work and work. Oh, I got to leave something, you know, for, for the grands. I got to leave something for the wife. I got to leave something for this person. Oh, I got to, you know, keep, and you just keep adding and that, and you watch them and they just running themselves into the ground. They got the wheel lined up, but amen now. If that will is not in accordance to God's will, that whole thing can go left. How many times have you seen people long passed on and years later, their estates are still in arbitration. You sat down, you worked yourself to death and made a will, but it was not in accordance with God's will. Amen. Therefore, that will is tied up in arbitration because somebody, amen, workaholics came along and said, I don't agree with what granddaddy said. I think I should have gotten 60% instead of 10%. I'm going to attest this. Another person comes along. Well, you know, uh, Walter was taking care of him. So yeah, I think Walter coerced him into signing this, you know, ain't none of this valid. So a lot of things can happen with that. And it doesn't go as we plan, just like the scripture. And that's not me making that up next door to me. Amen. Hey, San uh, Sandra, glad to see you. That's not me. The scripture says it there plain and clear then whose will those things be which you have provided when we gone 
We don't know who to go to. I've said, okay, Kirsten, the paperwork says this is yours. Everything that I have is yours. Like the father we talked about last night. The father told his son, what you tripping about? You know, you've been here with me the whole time. Everything, anything that I have is yours, right? So that same way, I've told my daughter, everything that I have is yours. You know what important papers are, all of the insurance, the life insurance, everything is in order. But if what I've laid out is not in accordance with God's will, it may not turn out that way. All I can do is live, pray, and hope for the best that what I've done and what I feel God has put on my heart to do will be carried out. Amen. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Come on now, Mama Moses. Come on now. So let's look at this. Let me define this, right? You know, I like to put a definition with everything. Fool. Now, the dictionary tells us a person lacking in judgment or prudence. It could also be a retainer formerly kept, well, back then uh, considered a joker, a retainer formerly kept in great households to provide casual entertainment and commonly dressed in motley with cat bells and bauble, right? So a jester. Well, we don't need them these days. We got satellite dishes hanging off the side of our houses, rotating. We got Insta Netflix, you know, 24-7, 365. Just people, you got constant entertainment. You can pay for the package and you turn your TV on and say you got 2005 500 channels. I can't find anything to watch on 10. So for anybody that has a, uh, one of them expensive cable packages like that, tell me how many channels can you watch at one time to pay that amount of money? Amen? Crazy. I just don't understand that you got 15 NFL packages. How many games can you watch at one time? Come on now. I, I just... I just don't understand it, but hey, if it works, it works for you. A fool can also mean a harmlessly deranged person or one lacking in common powers of understanding. Harmlessly deranged or one lacking in common powers of understanding. So you can insert either one of these definitions into the title. And again, I'm just a messenger, right? So don't shoot the messenger because I'm bringing it from the unlimited source. We know uh, everything else. The grass withers and the uh, flowers fade away, but the word of our God shall stand forever. I'm just delivering the message. So in our title, the source, a message to a fool, wake up, insert any one of these definitions that may be applicable. Amen? So let's roll on. Now, harmlessly deranged person or one lacking in common powers of understanding. Now, sometimes that can go two ways. The person that think they fooling and then also the person that's getting fooled, right? So you got that person that's fooling themselves even though, you know what, this is just harmless. This is just a few little drugs that I'm going to sell you. And then that person that's taking those drugs being uh, uh, considered a fool as well by saying, you know what? I can kick this habit. I'm going to be all right. Just one little taste. I'm going to be good. I'll be all right. I just need one little hit to get through the day and I'm not going to do it again tomorrow. Amen. So you got a fool delivering to a fool, right? Hey, these are my, I'm not calling anybody a fool. I'm just going by definitions here and breaking this thing down. The last definition for this, one who is victimized or a peer a one who is victimized or made to appear foolish. Now, that's a whole lot of different ranges for this to fall under for a fool. So whichever one may be applicable by the time we at the end of this lesson, well, all I can say 
is amen. Let's move on. So here in, in Luke 12, Jesus told, you know, the parable of the man. He had the large harvest. And the thing about it is the man forgot from whence that harvest came. He's standing out there and he's saying to himself, um, and I will say to my soul, he said, soul, and his soul said, yes, rich man. And he said, you have many goods laid up for many years. So you go and chill. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Nowhere in there did he say, look what God has done for me. Look at everything that I have. If you're going to be a fool, why not be a fool for God? Come on now, somebody. Right? So we have to remember our source and i'm gonna keep driving it and keep driving it all week because clearly somebody out there still needs it somebody needs a reminder because when i i could flip on the news right now and say my 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 somebody forgot their source somebody was betrayed by the heart and mind and they forgot the source they forgot from whence they came when they committed that crime amen so let's look at ephesians 5 and 20 real quick giving thanks always for all things to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ giving thanks always for all, underline that part, for all things, not some things, not a few things, not several things, not mm, maybe this thing, but not that thing. It says for all things. So if you get up and you stump your toe in the morning, you know what you need to say? Oh, thank God. Even though this hurts, it's just a little pain. I just stubbed it a little bit. It could have been broken knowing that I ain't got Obamacare no more and I can't go up to the emergency room and get my poor little toe fixed up because I ain't going to be able to afford it. So God only gave me a bump. So then you say, thank you, God, for that. Your paycheck may be a little bit short. They may be having some staff cuts. And you look at it, instead of getting mad, remember Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks always for all things. Say, God... My check ain't normally what it is, but you know what? I could have had no check. I could have been one of them ones that got the pink slip and sent on out the door. So thank you, God, for this little piece of check that I got because somebody's sitting somewhere with their peace disturbed because they ain't even got a piece of check coming. All they got is peace and prayer within, and they waiting and praying and knowing that God is going to provide. So if you got a piece of check, say, ooh, thank you, God. All right, now, if you come out and you got a flat tire, don't don't get mad. Don't get upset. Call your boss and say, you know what? I'm going to be late again. I got a flat tire. And flip that thing and say, well, ooh, you know what? Thank you, God, because this thing could have blown out on me on the highway going 65 in a 25. This thing could have blown out on me going 85 in a 65. So it's always a brighter side. And there's always a way to turn that thing around and put a spin on it, a tornado spin, as I like to say, and say, ooh, we I gotta give thanks to God for all things because this situation could have went a whole lot differently you've heard me say before I will continue to say thank you God when people say oh I feel you know I feel so bad that you were raped and, and molested and I say you know what I don't feel bad because now don't feel sorry for me but thank you for that. But that could have went a whole lot different. There are a lot of people, a lot of kids, women, uh, young boys, people who went through those situations that aren't with us because the 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 per um 
the person that was harming them didn't ever want to be found out. So people are still looking for bodies of relatives and children. So I said, whoo, thank you, God. At least I stand to be able to speak and to be able to tell, right? Uh, when the rape happened on that college campus, hey, welcome, Natasha. I could have been buried behind one of those dormitories somewhere, but God said, uh-uh, I got this one. I got my hand on this one. You're going to get her home, even though you've done this to her, you're going to get her home and you're going to get her home safely, right? So when I made it home and as I got older, instead of saying, man, all things work together for the uh for the good to those that love God. Amen. Come on now, Mel. So that's all I can say is thank you, God, because both of those situations could have went a whole lot differently, right? So source amnesia can lead to a, a mindset of entitlement. And you say, well, Torah, what do you mean by that? So the question I pose, you guys know I always like to throw in a question. Are you living entrusted? Are you living entitled are you remembering the source right now let's look at this first an entitled person they feel as if somebody owes them everything in spite of it it's always something let me scroll back here because i don't want to miss any of um any of the comments here i tell you this ipad just do what it want to do sometimes and I don't know if I'll be able to pull that one because I think it skipped past. But so let's look at this. Are you living entitled or are you living entrusted, right? Uh, an entitled person feels like they're owed something. The world has to bow down to them. It's either their way or the highway, right? They're kind of a demanding set of people. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I want it. It's got to be this way. And if you nine times out of ten, if you don't do what they say, you kick to the curb. Well, that's fine. I'll kick rocks myself. You ain't got to tell me to go until you, you need to check your attitude over there right but those that live entrusted know that God has entrusted us hey now further to further his kingdom by sharing Christ through through his word but through our actions right that's how we show that's how the difference in being entitled and entrusted right investing in the future generations with this knowledge looking ahead and saying man i see a problem let me cut this thing off at the past instead of sitting having a two-hour conversation about what every other every other person or christian or whoever needs to be doing you say hmm i got the spirit of helps so let me get out there because i already see it's a problem coming amen let me do something about this you living entrusted and not entitled because nobody the world owes you nothing the world owes me nothing amen we have to remember who we owe everything to and that's the unlimited source amen material things uh, they're consuming us they give us that source amnesia as i called it last night money and possessions have a way of blinding people now let's look at this i i, I don't know if some of you may remember this it was a survey that was done some years back and um it was called what would you do for 10 million dollars and if you've ever seen the results of this survey, and I believe it fell under, it was either a documentary or a book um, called The Day America Told the Truth. If any of you have ever seen that or read that book, it's some deep stuff in there, man. And, and these results is just mind blowing. Like this one here. For $10 million, 3% of people admitted that they would put their kids up for adoption. I said, wow, wow. 
of people admitted if they had the ten million dollars, they would go and have a sex change. I ain't making I ain't I ain't making none of this up. Y'all can go and look it up. The ten million dollar survey. Six percent of people said for ten million dollars they would be willing to change their race. Come on now, somebody. 7% of people, 7% admitted for $10 million they would have no problem walking up and murdering a complete stranger. That's not how any of this works. Yeah, the results was crazy. I mean, I'm still looking at it here again long after I put this lesson together earlier. Just, you know, just leave you scratching your head like... Wow, the things that money and greed will do to people. Hey, J9, glad to see you. I mean, this is deep. Let's look here. Another 10% of people said they would withhold testimony in a court case and let a murderer go free for $10 million. 10%. 16% of people said for $10 million, they'd leave their spouse. They bounce and be gone. Be like, you know what? Ooh, um, mm-hmm, yeah, the word said, mm-hmm. And I know I told the pastor and everything till death do us part, but I got this 10 million. I got to go. Mm-hmm, that's what they said. 16% of people admitted that they would give up their citizenship for $10 million. People do anything for the almighty dollar. Amen. I, it's right here in proof, right? 23% admitted if someone said, hey, I need you to be a prostitute for a week or longer for $10 million, 23% of people said, I do it, I do it. Another, tw now this one's crazy right here. 25% of the people in the survey said that for $10 million, they would disappear and abandon their families. Oh, to the week. Oh, and I had to look. I said, am I reading this right? You know, sometimes my glasses get fogged up. So I had to look. 25% of people said that they will abandon their family for $10 million. Now, not surprisingly, because some of you would do this for $100. Some of you would do it for $10, truth be told. 25% of people said they would abandon their church and all religion for $10 million. Come on now. 25% admitted they'd abandoned the church and any type of religion. So again, as God said in that scripture, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? Come on now. Oh, oh, we, mm. I tell you, some of the stuff that I find and I have to go and check and be like, is this right or is this just some stuff, you know, some blog stuff or something that somebody's typed up. But this was an actual survey that was put together and done. If you want to check it out, it's called the $10 million survey. I tell y'all, let's look here. Proverbs 21 and 20. There's treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. How many TV shows have we seen money being made off of because they hit the million-dollar lotto, the multi-million-dollar lotto, they pack up everything, they move out of Beverly, they load up everything, they go out, they have a good old time, then they look up and say, my, 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 how in the world did I blow through $363 million? Then they call him back, hey, Mr. Parker, 
Is that trailer still open? I'm gonna need to move back in that next month. Yeah, but I thought you hit the lock. Yeah, you know what? There was a snag with that. I ain't got nothing. Somebody out there know what I'm talking about. They moving back. Then all of a sudden, they remembering where they came from, right? They start remember. Oh, man, I forgot. I did make God a few promises. I would give one million to the church, one million split with family, two million to each son and one million to the saints. Amen. And see, I'm going to come up on a scripture um, that's talking about that. You know, we make these vows and we say these things and we make them promises. We have to remember. God don't forget. Man may forget. I may loan you $100 and say pay me back next week. And I may forget. I may, you know, tell you, hey, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I may forget and you remind. And I say, oh, you know what? I did say I was going to do that. Let me go on and get with that, right? Because, man, we get amnesia sometimes. But the thing about it, God don't forget. Mm-hmm. Just remember that, right? Let's look here. Now, the Bible also says, we just can't go around calling people fools. We just can't. As much as you look at somebody and say, now that's a fool. That's a fool. Your wisdom, your discernment. You know, you've read through the Proverbs. You went through all the scripture and you're looking and say, oh, my, my, my. That fool right there in some trouble. But, you know, if we look at Matthew 5 and 22, but I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause. Now, some of the versions um, leave that part out. If you look at some of the versions, like I say, you have to be careful with these different versions of the word because some things get pulled out, some things get added in. Some versions leave this out, but the New King James Version um, in the Thou with King James Version of males has it in there. Uh, but I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brother Raka, which means empty head, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. So we just can't be running around calling people fool now. And remember, if we're going to apply one section of the scripture, we got to apply all sections of the scripture. We can't have scripture and scriptural amnesia. Amen now? We got to apply all of the word. We can't just pick and choose what we want. We got to do it all. And nobody ever said this was an easy walk. This was an easy calling. Because it's a lot of scriptures. It's a lot of, oh, wait. But um, mm, Matthew said this. But then Luke said this. But man, back over in Proverbs, it said, I can't be calling. But, oh, man. And Matthew 5 said, man, I can't call him no fool. So I better not do that. Right? We got to be careful of these things now. But. God does give us the wisdom and discernment. Like I tell people sometimes, some people, when they drive up, they ain't even got to get out the car. You already know what they're about. You already know what they want. You already know they're up to no good. It's going to be some mess on top of mess on top of mess. Soon as they pull up, you already know when they pull up. They ain't even got to get out the car. You already done peeped them down the road like that father looked down and saw his son coming. Uh-huh. I know what this one right here won't, right? So uh, Psalms 14 gives us that wisdom on how to spot the fools, right? And that's the thing that the word gives us is the wisdom. Let's look at this real quick. Psalms 14. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Make sure you note, the fool has said in his heart. It doesn't have to be spoken aloud. There is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. 
There is none who does good. Now, if you want to go through that whole 14 Psalms there, ooh, that's some pow- it's some powerful stuff. I could do a whole nother scope. Actually, I could do about five scopes um, on just Psalms 14. Probably could do about 20 scopes just on Psalms 14. But a person doesn't have to speak it aloud. We look at the actions, how they say actions speak louder than words, right? So, uh, they don't have to say, I don't believe there's no God. Their actions uh, tend to make you and say, you can't believe there's a God. You just went and robbed that old lady of her social security check to go get you some brand new tennis shoes and you don't feel no remorse. With the leftover money, you went and bought four eight balls and now you're sitting there pouring a couple to your homies. Your heart is showing me that you truly don't believe that there is a God. You truly don't believe. You have source amnesia. You've become disconnected somewhere. You're selling this poison to people in the communities. You're selling this poison to young children. You're out doing abominable works. Your heart is saying that you don't truly believe that there's a God. You can't. You don't have to tell me verbally. Our actions speak louder than our words when our actions are showing abominable works what is a person but to look and say um as the scripture says here and if you read on down through it the fool has said in his heart says it right there i'm telling y'all that's not me i'm just giving y'all what the scripture says right also as i was thinking about this having source amnesia if anybody ever been on a farm or have you seen videos having source amnesia forgetting that God is the life source of everything forgetting from whence you came not acknowledging all the blessings that are coming through you claiming two extra kids on your taxes when you only got come on now come on now now you know that you went to McDonald's and McDonald's for breakfast Taco Bell for lunch Applebee's for dinner. It wasn't nobody but you, but you're going to slip that receipt off into your business account. Come on now. Mm-hmm. One sin ain't bigger than the other one. One sin isn't smaller than the other one. Sin is sin. It's a lie. It's an abominable work. No matter how you want to sugarcoat it, no matter how you want to pat it and be like, oh, this is just a cute little sin right here. It's okay if I put this on my taxes and knowing I ain't took nobody to lunch. Ooh, I just drove 300 miles to see my friend Sandra. I'm going to write this off as a business expense. The devil is a lie. Mm-hmm. God ain't going to forget. I'm telling y'all, y'all need to quit playing out there. Come on now, saints. We better than that. So being integrity. It's like a, a source amnesia, forgetting who God is, not giving him credit, not acknowledging him. It's like a chicken running around with his head cut off. Because if you don't cut that, cut it properly now, from what I've read and done my research now, I used to hear my grandma out back wrestling with a couple of them. That wasn't something I could watch. That wasn't something I didn't want to see. I see her arm moving and doing it. I just didn't want to see any of that. And nor was I inclined to watch any videos as I did this research of it. I just didn't want to see any of that. Polo Mr. Chicken. Polo Mr. KFC. Mm-mm-mm. Now, it's like a chicken. When you cut the head off, they still be running around. Just going. Because the nerve's still going. The nerve's in the body ain't realize the head is gone just dead don't even realize he dead the body 
hasn't connected yet. So being disconnected from God, being disconnected from the source, being so disconnected and doing all kinds of, as the scripture says, abominable works, abominable acts, is like a chicken with his head cut off. You don't realize that you're dead. The walking dead, just walking around, nerves still moving, you still going, but ain't nobody told you that you're dying. So me, because I say, I love y'all. I truly do. I'm here to tell you, if you fall into any of those categories, it's time, as the title says, a message to a fool. It's time to wake up. Grab your head, put it back on, clear it out, sit down, meditate, pray, whatever it is that you need to do to unplug and plug yourself back in and say, you know what? Ooh, it's time to get on the get right train. That's what time it is, right? When they say, what time it is it's get right get right train type um get right train time that's what time it is let's hook here also because sometimes we can even be in the presence of god we can be sitting right inside of god's house and dead lifeless spiritually dead let's look over here at ecclesiastes 5 i told y'all i was gonna be all over the place let's see what solomon has to say about this thing Ecclesiastes 5, we starting at 1. Walk prudently when you go to the house of God and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. There go that word again. Uh -uh. There go again. Draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they do not know that they do evil. Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven, and you on earth. For those people that say, I'm God. What Denzel say in that movie, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Some people running around here, God ain't got nothing on me. I did all of this. All of them degrees, I got more degrees than any thermometer, uh-huh. My Fahrenheit, my Celsius is greater than anything on my own than God has done. I did this. I did this on my own. Ooh, you better come on now because the scripture says, for God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes through much activity. And here comes that word again. And a fool's voice is known by his many words. For those of you know that there was a chapter in my book where I talked about that. Where I was played the fool on more than one occasion. That was a very humbling experience. Because I always had to talk. By talking, it, it allowed me to avoid all of the emotions and the anger, all the emotional things that I needed to deal with to heal. So I was always the one talking in the room. I was always the one that had to be on the phone. And remember, I could when the pages and the beeples was out, I couldn't just have one pager. I had to have two. And to make sure I was keeping up with what was going on all the time, one of my pages even had an 800 number on it. Amen. Yes, it did. I can admit to that I had to be in everything but the scripture says and a fool's voice is known by his many words so basically that's saying sometimes sit down and shut up uh-huh be quiet in the, in, in the presence of God in God's house 
It's not a fashion show. Sit down. Everybody don't need to see your new outfit. So somebody can say, oh, girl, where did you get that, honey? Let me tell you, this was on sale at Neiman Marcus this weekend. Sit yourself down somewhere, and as the scripture starts out and says, draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. You're gossiping. You're talking to everybody in the sanctuary. Everybody, you got to go meet and greet the entire sanctuary before you sit yourself down somewhere. Everybody got to know you in the building. Everybody got to know. And don't let somebody sit in your assigned pew. Come on now. Mm-mm. Ooh, it's going to be some trouble. As Bernie Mac said, trouble, trouble. Come on now. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Then you got that person the whole time. They just talking about themselves. You say, how you doing, uh, Sister Pearlie? I'm doing great. I have, uh, my son brought me a check over, um, you know, and I also, uh, I got my house all fixed up. I got this, I got that. And on my job, they did this. You know, you just, they just going through the whole list. But at no point in the Lord's house, in the Lord's presence, do they say, oh, and I am so thankful to God. God provided. At no point. They leave all of that out. Then you got that other, it's a social club. Exactly. Then you got that person that every time the pastor come across a point, they pointing across at you. Or they giving that eye. You need to cause. Why? Because you're looking at everybody else instead of yourself it's much easier to survey the room and list everybody else's fault than to say oh wait this scripture's kind of hit me some sort of way oh that pastor's talking to me and when the pa you can always tell them once when the pastor the minister the bishop hit on a nerve with that person they kind of shift in their seat and then they look over and they immediately find somebody to be like he talking about you Mm -hmm. He talking about you. No, he talking about you, and you just gave yourself away. Amen. Every time. Uh, uh, Ecclesiastes 5.2. Let your words be few. You had them people that call you. Got a sister-in-law who walks the floor escorting folk to the pulpit. She <laughs> see? See? Just up, just showing out up in God's house. Just showing out. Maybe I need to make some scripture cards for us to keep with us. That way we ain't even got to say nothing to people. Just walk up, be like, oh, this Ecclesiastes 5 situation. You just walk up, slip them the little card. Bam, just turn around and walk out. I'm telling you, oh, to the wee, wee, wee. Just escorting people through. And the usher's probably looking like, will you sit yourself down? So I'm just clowning and showing out. And the Lord is looking like, Clearly, she didn't read what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 5. And Solomon, he stacked it for y'all. If y'all gone on down uh, and read through all of five, Solomon lays it out. She got on our nerves. <laughs> Do, <laughs> Solomon, if you look at Ecclesiastes 5, read through, it is not a long section. Solomon ain't playing. He lays it out. So, Read that, because I, I can't even guess a whole nother set of scopes right there, right? So then, just let your words 
be few. Just sit quiet and just reflect and say, ooh. And when people say, oh, you mighty quiet today, just say, oh, I'm connected with the source. Oh, praise God. I'm just in meditation with my unlimited life source. I'm just thankful for everything that God has done and continues to do. Everything that God will do, right? That's the way we do that thing, right? So then here, I'm about to wrap this up. I'm telling y'all, don't be foolish and blind. And you may say, well, Torah, what you mean by that? I'm going to tell you. Mm, I sure am. We can look at John 9, 35 through 39. Don't be foolish and blind. John 35, where we at here? Jesus heard that they had cast him out. Now, he's talking about the blind man. It'd be some characters in there, but the Lord, right? That's all we can say is pray for him and say, Lord, Lord, bless him. And we just have to let him carry on. And as I said before, the scripture that gives us the wisdom to say, mm, that's what the scripture describes as a fool right there. Uh-huh. That's what we have to look and say. And we just using our wisdom. We're not judging against them and calling them directly as a fool. Because if we remember back, Matthew said we can't run around doing that, right? So, now you remember the blind man that God had healed, right? He, he put the spit clay mixture together, put it on his eyes and everything. So once Jesus found out they had cast him out, he went and found him and he said to him, do you believe in the son of God? The man answered, who is he? Lord, that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, you have both seen him and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, another one of my favorite passages, and Jesus said in 39, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Ooh, to the we. That's John 9, 35 through 39. John 9, not 1 John, just John 9, 35 through 39. And you may be saying, well, how do those who see may be made blind? Those who see but are blind are those who trust in themselves. Those who exalt themselves as opposed to exalting the name of Christ, exalting the unlimited source, exalting and, and saying, you know what? God did this. Jesus made this way. Those are the ones that can see who are blind, right? It, 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 it's... um. People blind, it's self-blind, it's self-induced blindness by rejecting Christ, right? And saying, I don't want no parts of that. And let's look here. I want to go back to Luke 12. Let me flip back here. I got all my little markers. Mm-hmm. Luke 12, and I'm about to close this out. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? If we look at James 2 and 26, For as the body without the spirit is 
dead. For as the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead. If we look at Genesis 2 and 7, because you know, uh, we're looking here, and, and God is telling him in, in Luke 19 and 20, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. The fact that we have a soul, we have a spirit. If we look at Genesis 2 and 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And then what did he do? He said, and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. God breathed life into our nostrils, into these clay vessels that we are. The unlimited source gave us life. Without life, without the spirit, without the soul, it's just an empty vessel. Many of us have lost loved ones. We know one of the things that they like to say at the home going service, to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord. Without the spirit, without the soul, it's just an empty vessel. Dead. No other way to say it. And, and God looks at him and says, fool. This night, your soul will be required of you. But he's giving all this credit. He's saying, I will say to my soul, soul, we have done good. Oh, to the wee, wee, wee. So my message tonight, remain connected with the source. Keep your soul positively charged. To be absent from the spirit and the soul to be separated from the body is death walking dead at one point it seemed like every show that was coming out was about zombies because that's what we got a lot walking around we got a lot of them walking around they go to church sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and they back again on sunday but they spiritually dead the message that's coming out of the pulpit is spiritually dead there's no life in it there's no nourishment in it it's the dead feeding the dead the blind leading the blind just off of a clip just one after another like sheep they just wander along aimlessly you know and then i wonder and say man why do they refer to us you know as the sheep because sheep really are some kind of mindless little animals they just walk right on off a cliff they just be led right on over. You put them out in the path, they just wander off, hmm, stroll off. And the little shepherds would have to go hunt them down, bring them back. You know, don't be that aimless, wandering, disconnected sheep. Amen. Now, and, and some of you may say to a Torah, how do I stay connected? How do I keep going? Y'all know I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to close this out. I really am. I should have had on my OBB shirt tonight. I don't know how long this one done ran. But, you know, the spirit has to remain with the body. Just remember that. And remember, all the time, we don't have to speak it out. Remember, our actions speak these things. And when we say that we're going to do something, we need to follow through with it, right? Stay according to our word, but also make sure it's in accordance with his will. We got to pull that other part of the scripture in there. So sometimes we may kind of slide off when the storms of life start raging. 
That's the time to stay connected. That's the time to check the plug and make sure you're plugged in a little bit deeper, right? Sometimes when everything is so blurry, you're so stressed out, and you can't figure out if it's day or night. Stay connected, right? When the currents get to tossing you around and the waves and you just don't know which end is up, that's the time to plug in and stay connected. Amp it up. Call the electric company and say, can you get me any more votes? I need a little bit more power to make sure that I don't lose connection with my source. And when they say, well, what source are you talking about? I'm talking about my God, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now give me a little bit more juice over on this end, power company. When those billows start to roll and the sky is dark, that's the time when you stay connected. As the song says, remain anchored in the Lord. Remain connected, right? And I'm going to close out with this story right here. A farmer had invited a pastor out. Pastor shows up on his farm. He's showing him out. He just couldn't wait. Amen. Meditate on his word day and night. Farmer was so proud. He couldn't wait on the pastor to get there. They walk out back. He said, all them acres over there, that's mine. I did all of that. That's all mine. Look over there, pastor. Look at all that as far and even further beyond than I can see. That's all my land. I did all of this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Aren't you proud? And then he looks over and says, look over this direction. You see all that over there? And that addition, additional neighboring property, about 20 miles further on down. All of them, all of them acres is mine. Everything around here. And the pastor just put his hand on the man on the farmer's shoulder. And the farmer just knew he was about to big him up and tell him how proud he was, how good he was. And the pastor just simply looked at the farmer and said, I see you got all this. You got all that over there. And you got all this over here collected. But what you got collected up there, that's what I'm going to leave you with. Until next time, walk good, do good, be good. I love y'all. I really, really do. Remain connected with the source. Stay in the word. Meditate in the word. Y'all know how this goes, all right? Until next time. Tornado, I'm out of here. I love y'all. I really, really do. And I want to see all my brothers, sisters, and saints in the upper room. You all know the Torah. 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 Torah.